This is an AMI podcast. Hi, I'm Fern Nullum, and welcome to Into You, the podcast where we put love under the microscope, shedding light on the do's, don'ts, and nightmare scenarios we find ourselves in while flirting with romance. Being anxious at times, being you know depressed at times, I always just thought that that's how I was as a person, and going through this relationship, I realized that it wasn't. We all come at dating from a slightly different angle, but we are often faced with very similar situations to shape up to. No one's ever truly alone when it comes to certain problems. There is somebody not too far away that is also experiencing crippling issues. What a boyfriend giving you permission to just throw a tantrum if you want to. (laughs) (laughs) It's every girl's dream. Dating can uncover things about ourselves we never knew before. So, without further ado, let's get into you. Well, if you're happy and ready to go, shall we jump right in? I'm ready to go. warm welcome back to the show that turns a light on in your dating darkness it's gotta be into you now does dating make you anxious well last time we spoke to lauren rose who told us about her struggles with dating while living with anxiety if i said hey this is what i deal with on a day-to-day basis that person was just going to run in the opposite direction because you know sometimes i want to run in the opposite direction (laughs) and she suggested some key coping strategies when getting into a new relationship I think if the person who suffers with anxiety is not being honest, then the other party can't help them. If you've not yet heard Lauren's story, it's full of honesty, cheekiness and charm, so I'd highly recommend it. Today, we're looking at anxiety from the flip side as we put ourselves in the shoes of the partner of an anxious person. Trey Beckham is a YouTuber who shares his channel with his girlfriend, Alyssa, and they both share their lives with their many viewers, including Alyssa's ongoing battle with anxiety. Later, Trey tells us how best to support a partner struggling with anxiety. At this moment right now, you don't have to be strong. That's counterproductive. You're allowed to feel and shares what helped him to understand Alyssa better. A lot of what helps me understand her is being able and want to understand other people in general. But first, I was keen to know how anxiety presents itself to Alyssa. It comes in a number of ways. It could be intrusive thoughts or her remembering something that was uncomfortable for her or any leftover trauma anxiety kind of makes you feel like whatever the next decision is it's the hardest decision ever or it feels like this impending doom is on its way which is never the case but she would experience that a lot and try her best to kind of just be there for her yeah i can definitely identify with that every decision seems like a hard decision for me as well yeah definitely it's tough so what impact does that anxiety have on your relationship together well what i've figured out as we went along is that mental illness is just that. It's illness. It's ailment. It takes a lot. It's easier said than done, but you have to learn how to separate the illness from the person. And you have to know that the illness isn't the person. So we have to be able to you know, communicate that point across and find a middle ground and compromise. And by compromise, I don't mean we're changing our whole entire lives for each other mm. as people, but we have to kind of come to the acceptance that we both go through 
struggles and I know that she goes through things and that I have to kind of be there to not completely stop it because you have to kind of accept that your partner isn't a professional. You know, I, I'm not, I'm not a licensed therapist or a psychiatrist or any of, anything of that nature, but just cause I'm not, that doesn't stop me from trying to go out of my way to learn about these things, to try to make her at home life easier while she goes out and looks for professional help. So it's trying your best, but being aware that you have limitations. Right. We're still fairly young. We're only 23. But as you kind of go on into adulthood, you start to have a little bit more perspective and change how you approach certain things in life. I've been able to separate the illness from Alyssa. It doesn't define who she is. And as long as I keep that perspective and, you know, stay the course, then we'll be fine. So what actually happens when Alyssa gets anxious and how do you respond to that? It all depends. So it can come in in different variations and I have to learn how to adjust. In American football, they have a term called throwing an audible, Mm -hmm. which is basically like improvising on the fly. It's sort of like, yeah, we had plans today, but if something is obstructing that, then I have to be able to improvise and react to whatever situation presents itself. Mm -hmm. And so, for example, let's say we had a plan to go out to eat with someone, a friend or whatever the case may be. And I know suddenly throughout the day as we're getting ready, she doesn't feel as well about it or she suddenly gets a wave of anxiety, I have to be able to react to it in a way to let her know she's not obligated to go anywhere she doesn't feel like going. I'm so sorry for the noise in the background. Those are my dogs. (laughs) That's all right. We always like to get the pet's perspective on into you. You know, I always try to instill in her that it's okay to sort of take a break. Let's look at the bigger picture here as opposed to the little nitpicky details that you're kind of just picking at. And that's usually what causes the anxiety is that You know, if it was just driving down the street to an anxious person's mind, it's more than just driving down the street. It's more than just, you know, walking to the store. It's they think about the amount of steps you have to take. They think about what if this happens while I'm on the way or they think about what if I forget this and you have to kind of pump the brakes and realize it's okay to take a break from whatever the task is. You feel like you have to do. It really sounds like you're trying to walk in Alyssa's footsteps and see things through her eyes. From Mm -hmm. a partner's point of view, did that ever give you any concerns or doubts about how you might be able to cope in this relationship? What I always used to tell her when we started dating was that I grew up in a fairly tough household. Nothing really came easy in our house. You know, everything was sort of, it was, it was a very toxic household to, to be in. Mm. And I dealt with, a you know, an overbearing mother. Grew up mainly with my mother. I, I didn't have a strong relationship with my father growing up. So there was a lot of toxicity in the household, especially as young as, you know, three, four, five years old. So I've been, in a way, I've been I've been battle tested throughout my adolescence to lead me to be able to handle her situation as best as I possibly can. And I do try to put myself in her shoes, but I also have to know that, and she has to know that I will never fully understand what she has been through. The wounds are similar, but they're never fully the same. That's with anybody. You're never going to know exactly what somebody has gone through and you'll never know their full perspective, but it's always important to try. I think that's the big thing is that Some are so quick to give up or some are so quick to just kind of throw in the towel. But the willingness to keep trying goes a lot farther than, you know, you realizing that you might not be enough for something. So what do you do when Alyssa's feeling anxious? What we have started doing fairly recently, she'd sort of fall into, you know, whatever episode it may be. I try to pull her out of it and I 
realized and we both came to the consensus that pulling her out of it or, or trying to distract her from it, although it might calm her uh, in that moment, all it's doing is prolonging it. So what we've been trying to do is be able to, if an episode is happening, we kind of sit and we kind of, I give her the second and let her absorb. And I let her know that this is a, is a safe place to do that, to absorb those feelings of whatever might be bothering you. And how does that feel for you as a partner? Because I can imagine it must be very tempting to rush in and try and sort of rescue right. and save. Yeah, it, it sounds it sounds like, you know, you're sort of just being like, yeah, let, you got to kind of just deal with it. But of course, you know, you, you'd want to, you want everything to stop. That That's the first thing that always comes to mind is you want it to end. But also in that moment of, her being able to absorb those feelings, I kind of try to let her know that she's not going to absorb it and be alone in her room. She's going to absorb it and be able to verbalize with me the things that she's feeling as opposed to, you know, holding it back. That's a big problem that we would both have and that lots of people have, the inability to verbalize the issues that they're feeling, causing it to prolong more. So if you dealt with the trauma at 10 years old, but you never talked about it, you're going to start feeling it at 18, 20, 25, so on. So if we're able to stop the trauma from prolonging itself, we could also save her some years of dealing with it. I also let her know that she is not obligated to tell me anything, that it's, it's not her job to let me know everything that bothers her. Or, you know, that, that's her information that if she's gracious enough to share it with me, then I'm all ears. I knew growing up that I wish that somebody had talked to me about certain things or had sat me down and let me absorb things as opposed to, you know, especially growing up as, as, a, as a boy in our household, you, you are expected to be strong man of the house sort of thing, which is, you know, sort of like a toxic masculinity trait. People kept telling me to be strong, be strong, be strong. Mm-hmm. My oldest brother, he told me that at this moment right now, you don't have to be strong. You don't have to be the big man. That's counterproductive you're allowed to feel. And that, that's kind of what I try to get across to her, that she doesn't have to be strong. Although she is a strong person in this moment right now, you don't have to be. You could sulk. You could be sad. You're a human being. Humans have emotions. What a boyfriend giving you permission to just throw a tantrum if you want to. <laughs> <laughs> it's every girl's dream. <laughs> that's great. Is there anything else that you've tried that just doesn't help? Or maybe not even in something that you've done, but just something that you'd say to other people, this is a no-no if somebody is having a difficult time. If somebody is going through something, whatever it may be, regardless of the level of pain and trauma, you never want to invalidate their feelings. I kind of explained this to her and to my friends and, and other people that if, for example, me and my friend were getting in, a, in an argument and they were to say, well, that's not what I meant. And, you know, my response would be, I understand that that's not what you meant, but that's what I felt for somebody to say, well, that's not what I meant, or it's not that big of a deal. You're, you're invalidating what they feel as opposed to actually breaking it down So I never would want to invalidate somebody about how they're supposed to take pain. Every human being is different. That, again, takes a lot of tucking away your pride and being able to be a listener as opposed to just a speaker. Is it something that ever causes you any arguments in your relationship, her anxiety? No, I wouldn't say the anxiety would cause an argument. The argument is caused by the same thing that most couples go through, and that's just a lack of communication. 
So her anxiety specifically never would cause us to have a problem with each other or to cause an argument. It's the not knowing and the just assuming that would be where a problem might come up. The mental issue itself, I try not to make that the forefront of an argument. Trey's willingness to place responsibility on his and Alyssa's ability to communicate, rather than simply blaming Alyssa's anxiety, was both admirable and empowering. It placed the control firmly in the couple's hands instead of outsourcing it to a far more unpredictable factor. I started to wonder how others might take responsibility in their relationships when things don't quite go to plan. So, as is the protocol of most scientific studies in 2022, I put out a post on social media, and here are a selection of my favorite answers. The sentence reads, I started taking more responsibility in my relationship when I realized... Finish the sentence. Abby. Keeping track of excuses was a full-time job. Absolutely, Abby, there's not enough space in my brain for that. Bradley, my puppy dog eyes could get me out of anything. Mm, I wouldn't get too overly complacent on that one, Bradley. Maria, we all mess up sometimes, so it's only a matter of time before it'll be his turn to buy me chocolates. Yeah, responsibility always sounds sweeter when there's chocolate involved, doesn't it? And Lee, I started taking more responsibility in my relationships when I realized the time I spent sulking and feeling sorry for myself could be time spent together making up if you know what i mean yes i think we all know what you mean lee and well it's always good to have some kind of motivation for these things isn't it Trey had talked of the need for flexibility in making friends with anxiety. The idea that instead of rigidly attempting to withstand the aggressive storm, we should allow ourselves to sway in the face of anxiety's tornado, because the more we're able to bend, the less likely we may be to break and fall. I wondered how Trey might describe what it's like to watch someone you love live with anxiety. Going back to when we were younger in our relationship, it was difficult because you just wanted to help right away. But then, you know, as, as we grew older and what Alyssa has taught me, not knowing that she taught me this, uh, was to have lots of patience, the ability to wait. Consent comes in all forms, even when it comes to asking somebody to open up about you. Her being able to have trust in me to help her get through whatever she might have to get through. It takes a lot of guts. It takes a lot of courage and bravery. Now, aside from, you know, content creating, I'm also, I also cut hair as a barber and doing that. A lot of people, you know, not only trust you with how they look after you get out of their chair, but they also trust you with a lot of the problems. They trust you with, you know, whatever they want to kind of spill out in that 45 to an hour that you're cutting their hair. A lot of what helps me understand her is being able and want to understand other people in general. I feel like your life becomes a lot stronger and and more meaningful when you have the want to try to connect with multiple human beings in the world, not just, you know, your circle. Because the more people you connect with and understand, the more, you know, you can navigate yourself through the world and whatever part of the world you're from. 
I love how if you want to hear it all, go to the barber's shop. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Barbers get all the juicy gossip, right? Yeah, absolutely. A lot of people are going through some things and I hope we all get through it, definitely. Oh. <laughs> Not just cutting hair, it's, it's much Not more. Not just cutting hair, <laughs> never just cutting hair. <laughs> so what would be your advice to people in a similar position to yours if they have a partner who's struggling with anxiety? What would you say to people to, to help them? It would be very important to be patient. And if you don't have patience, but if the person is worth it that much for you, then you've got to learn patience there. That's the compromise. You have to be able to learn new things and you have to want to learn new things because that's, you know, as you get older as a human being from, you know, birth to, you know, the average lifespan is what, 85-ish. So your legs will give out, your back will give out, your, your eyesight might wither. But the one thing that doesn't go away is the ability to learn something. You're always constantly learning every day and you have to be open to that and open and ready to take on any challenges. And then through that learning and mental training, you, you also realize that you built a muscle, a mental muscle of how to take care of certain issues. You don't have to be perfect at it, but it's just the fact that you're going out of your way to do that. Another thing is she doesn't have to tell me to help her for me to help her. It's just out of the willingness, because I, I truly just genuinely care about her that I don't need, uh, okay, I need help now. I don't need to hear that. If I feel like she needs it, then I'll go. If I feel like she's fine, I'll still ask. And there will always be highs and lows. There'll be some days where I think that she's doing great. Even though there's a great day happening, you don't want to just sit back and be like, okay, it's a great day. Let's just kind of not bring anything up. You don't want to do that because then that goes back into, you know, prolonging the problem. We're about to be five years next year, and I'm truly proud of the, the progress that she's made. She has a struggle still, but uh, the progress is definitely there. If I were to make a chart of all the things that she's been able to overcome and do, there wouldn't be a piece of paper long enough. <laughs> Are there any practical tips? I know I watched your video and you were doing things like making her cookies and uh, giving her water and things like that. Are there sort of practical things that people can do that might help? With that stuff, that is more of, I kind of look at it like me as, as her partner. My day affects her day, her day affects my day. Mm -hmm. So if I can make her day as great as possible, as, as easygoing as it can be, regardless of all the things that she goes through, then I know she'll be more comfortable in, you know, whether that be more comfortable in just kind of relaxing or more comfortable to the point where she wants to just vent about whatever. So the, the things like, you know, making the cookies, getting her a book to read, stuff like that. Those are all things that just help her day go by smoothly. Because I feel like the day we signed up to be partners is a day I realized that, you know, I'm not only just for myself, I am for this other being. And it's the same thing with, you know, parents and children and husbands and wives. It's that you're not only living for yourself anymore, although you are an individual person, you don't want to lose that individuality. There's also a an independency and a codependency at the same time. There's a fine line that you have to meet right there in order to move forward in a proper relationship. We're still our own person, but we know that we have each other to always be with and to always talk to and to uh, navigate life with. We always have each other regardless of anything else that's happening. Are there certain qualities that you think are important to have in a relationship where there is mental illness or anxiety that really keep you together despite any struggles you might have? Well, we've done a number of things. Uh, one of them being we would learn to 
forgive ourselves. Her forgiving herself, me forgiving myself. Saying we realize why we aren't able to do things, why we aren't able to be productive, and whatever may have you, and then we we sort of forgive ourselves for our own, you know, shortcoming. Mm-hmm. And then from being able to do, do that and accept that, then we start to be able to count the things that we're proud of and things that we're accomplishing and things that we're accomplishing together and separately, because you know that goes a long way too. Some people forget to sit back and count the things they've done good they're they're just so busy with trying to get to the goal and the objective that they'll just see the bad things on the way to whatever the goal may be i gave her the example the other day because her her dad likes to sightsee and likes to road trip and drive around i said if your dad drove from california to nevada and didn't want to stop at any you know landmarks or anything like that he gets to nevada in like two hours but he knows that he wants to stop by those things because it's going to make the trip that much more enjoyable. There's more memories along the trip. There's more things he, he was able to see along the way. So I kind of, you know, try to get the point across that we have goals in life. We have objectives we want to get to. We have destinations we want to get to. But it's always good along the way to be proud of yourself of what you've been able to do in life already, what you've been able to overcome or what you've been able to accomplish. So it's good to affirm yourself and affirm your partner about just certain accomplishments that they have made. Great metaphor, by the way. We love a metaphor on interview. <laughs> Great Thank way you. to think about it. This is kind of my million dollar question here, Trey. <laughs> what, what has Alyssa's anxiety taught you about yourself and your relationship in general, do you think? That this is a million dollar question. Wow. <laughs> uh, <laughs> what her anxiety has taught me is to realize that even with myself, the person is not their anxiety. It's just the person with anxiety. When I was growing up and getting into my adulthood and stuff like that, being anxious at times, being you know depressed at times, I always just thought that that's how I was as a person. And going through this relationship, I realized that it wasn't. I was more than just that. That, that wasn't me. I just was a person experiencing those feelings. There is no obstacle too big to overcome. No one's ever truly alone when it comes to certain problems. There is somebody not too far away that is also experiencing crippling issues. That gives people solace to know that they're not going through something by themselves and that there's people there to back and support them. Nobody should be ever afraid to ask for help. Asking for help is a big thing. It's a very big obstacle to overcome and it takes a lot of courage, but you know, it's doing more good than bad so just don't be afraid to ask for help and she's also taught me to be very open with my emotions to be able to express and to feel she has made me very content with being a human being you don't have to know everything but the willingness to try anything is is very powerful I mean, we can just end it there, really, Trey. (laughs) A lovely, lovely sentiment. And from everything I've seen of your YouTube, it looks like you are total couple goals. So I love it. (laughs) (laughs) I'm trying my best. Solid. I like it. If people have been totally endeared as much as I have, how can we see more of you and Alyssa together just being cute and adorable? (laughs) (laughs) Find us on YouTube. Our channel is Alyssa and Trey. TikToks, Alyssa Lauren, Trey Beckham, 
if anybody in the Southern California area needs a haircut, I work at a Golden <laughs> Visions barbershop in Santa Ana. And he won't give away any of your secrets either. And I, and I won't give away any of your secrets, I promise, I promise. <laughs> wow, therapy and a haircut to boot, what an offer. Yeah, it doesn't get better than that, right? It doesn't, it doesn't. <laughs> and it doesn't get better than this, Trey. Thank you so, so much for coming on the episode. Right. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you, thank you. It's been a privilege of mine, thank you. Trey's light-hearted offer of therapy and a haircut left me thinking about how we often look to our partners for this pairing of practical and emotional support all at the same time. His message of never expecting perfection but always being willing to try was a powerful one. As always, I want to hear from you. What qualities do you think are most important in a relationship where there's anxiety? And how do you respond when someone close to you is feeling anxious? Leave me a comment and let me know. For now, though, you've been listening to Into You with me, Fern Lullum. Special thanks to my guest, Trey Beckham, whose links will be in the show notes. Also to Joshua Holland and Sam Robinson for technical support and to the manager of AMI, Andy Frank. Leave me your feedback at feedback at ami.ca. If you liked what you heard, make sure to search for Into You on your favourite or indeed any podcast distributing platform and subscribe for more episodes coming your way on the first Thursday of every month. The countdown begins now.